Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. The Around the NFL podcast never gets at Chris Wessling references. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Christopher Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. That's an is. old slap in the face to a guy that's just come back. You take a shot at him right out of the, right out of the gate. Well, yes. I, listen, that, was, that wasn't me. I had nothing to do with that. Uh, that was behind the glass. Zach Goldman rolling in a little late today. Yeah. Let's talk about it. It was Zach. a little bit of a flurry of uh, little traffic, huh? Yeah. Um, but Zach's here. He he throws up a Chris Wessling sound drop, and why not? Because Chris Wessling's back from Tybee Island. Welcome back, Mr. Wessling. Great to be here. We, we uh, as we when we talked to you when we finally got you on the horn there at Huckapoo's, uh, you said you were looking forward to returning, but. You know, I think in the back of all of our minds, we're like, well, but will he actually return? But here you are in the flesh. I believe what I actually said was, I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you did say that at one point. Oh, yeah. You did say that, but you missed this ultimately. I did. I missed you guys. And, uh, you I, notice Welcome Back, Cotter, one of your shows from the 70s. Right. I dropped this it. This song has <laughs> as modern as most of Chris's references. That, that was by design. I wasn't alive when this show – well, I might have been alive, but I didn't see it in first running. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so a, a, a successful trip home or Highly back success- to Taipei? Exceeded all expectations. I had a I had a blast. I don't think I've laughed so much in, in my whole life. We also have that post-Taipei Chris Wessling voice right now. Where, oh, yeah. this is – it's Much a, better than it was. Three it's a little days. throaty. It's n- you're not going to be hitting the high notes, put it that way. But you're getting by with it right now. I'm getting by. My theory for how this voice comes to be is there's a lot of yelling at loud bars. Is that a fair theory? Well, like I, you're missing one key element, but possibly. <laughs> I think I've found in my night uh, nights out with Wes, and there have been quite a few at this point, Chris is a natural voice raiser when the when the imbibing begins. So I think it doesn't need, it need to be a lot of bar, it's just multiple nights out. 
Well, I, I think you're closer to the truth there. I come from a big family, and sometimes in order to get a word in edgewise, you have to be louder than the other people. <laughs> and that comes out after a couple of beverages, and, you know, it, it's like a big family on Tybee. I know we're all trying to get jokes in, you know. I know, Chris, that you <laughs> mentioned that you spent a lot of time uh, on Tybee in area soup kitchens helping out with some of the oh. inhabitants that, that don't have what other people have. Tell us about oh, that that's experience. Nice. That's just patently false. No. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Chris Wessling's back. It's the four of us together, uh, which is not – been a common occurrence since the Super Bowl, so it's good to be here as we get closer and closer to the draft. We have a nice show. We got two shows this week, and and those that were expecting a show on Monday, listen, Greg and I were in the office yesterday, and Mark was on his off day, and Wes was traveling. We wanted everyone to they together. Said, Wait, why don't we just push it a day? We'll get everybody back, get the band back together. And I'm not talking about Delaware, but if you do have Delaware <laughs> tapes, again, we're going to put out a call at Around the NFL, if you have any footage of Delaware, the band, Greg's uh, goth band from the late 90s. Not a goth band. Please send it our way. Goth emo. Uh, we will give you a, a generous Emo, emo generous didn't prize. even exist. Uh, <laughs> you were proto-emo. Uh, <laughs> all right, so nice show today. Nice show today, the Welcome Back West show. Uh, we are going to... Uh, get into uh, we're going to bring back what's more likely one of our favorite games and you know kind of a pre-draft edition go through there's a lot of uh, different things cooking right now as uh, Mark I know you as a draft Nick you're plugged in especially but there's a lot cooking behind this oh this is when the homework you know every night you go home you're just grinding through that central Illinois tape looking for that gem yeah That's why I call you grind this time of season. That's how it is. When you go home, your workday begins. Uh, so we'll play some What's More Likely Draft Edition, uh, and we will also hit the news, which uh, we have a nice bit of news to get to. Uh, not, it's not a ton happening right now, but when we're gone for a few days, it piles up, and we need to, we need to address it all. So uh, we're going to hit that. Also, I just want to put it on the grid. Uh, we, we've talked about, and it's good that Wes is here, we've talked about the Dalton scale before. Mm. Um, at some point, and maybe as soon as next week, maybe down the line a little bit, I just want to let everyone know that we are going to do our first podcast that is entirely built around the Dalton scale, breaking down where everyone fits in in the quarterback solar system. And we're hoping by the end of the show that Dan will understand what is the mm. Dalton scale. <laughs> well, that is, the to me, that's like the bigger picture, and uh, there will be the reveal whether I get it by that point. Right now, I'm completely in the woods. That's really the main reason for this exercise. But uh, gold standard speeding into the office today through L.A. traffic. It's a real female dog, right, buddy? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say speeding. I'd yeah. say... <laughs> Delicately gliding yep. through LA traffic. I, I picture Zach, who's usually like a picture of tranquility, millennial tranquility, banging anything his steering wheel. Anything but. A just, lot of just four yelling. letter words like drat and dang. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Gotta drop that drat. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they use parlance of your favorite sport. You get a bicycle kick right to the head. Totally. That was you this morning. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's do some news, buddy. Let's do it. And we forgive you, by the way. Thank you. Because you don't have a lot of time left with us either. No. Just a few weeks. Yeah. I'm savoring Sad. every moment. God. You're savoring every moment by, you know, coming in late. Exactly. Last <laughs> moment. <laughs> but maybe that was more a tease to let us know that, you know, don't 
you know, don't not around forever. Not going to be around. Yeah. Mm. I can't take another Zach Goldman disappearance, but that's what we're facing. Anyway, let's do some news. We'll start with uh, really the one of the bigger news stories of the off season since uh, since we we weren't here on Friday when it broke. So we're going to talk about it now. Troy Polamalu, the uh, great Pittsburgh Steelers safety, played twelve seasons uh, in Pittsburgh. Was you know one of the really defining players of his generation. Has decided. To retire, he said in a uh, phone interview with a, a local paper in Pennsylvania that he is retiring from the NFL. He did not seriously consider playing elsewhere. He, Of course, it was um, out there that he might end up getting cut by the Steelers, which would have been awkward. His play has declined in recent years. Uh, but he decides, I'm going to end my career now. Eight-time Pro Bowls. Certainly the Hall of Fame, Greg. Where does he stack up when you talk about the all-time safeties in the NFL? Well... Chris probably has a good answer for this too, but Football Perspective wrote an interesting article, or actually, I believe it was, uh, what is it, 538.com, looking at Palomalo's career, that he was on track to be right there with the greatest safeties of all time, who they believe uh, is Paul Krause, and who is the other safety you would put at the top of your list? Ronnie Lott would be Ronnie number Lott. one, yeah. And, but they basically said, and I agree with this, that the end of Palomaro's career kind of takes him out of that discussion because he really didn't do anything the last three or four years of his career. But I was really surprised on Twitter and just conversation that anyone was questioning whether he was a Hall of Famer at, at all. And people, some of the voters, really? the, some of the voters were on Twitter and they said, well, you can't just put everyone right into the Hall of Fame. Like, that's, it's not, that's, like, really? hot air, just that's, hot air that's positional Twitter. bias by people that think only running backs and quarterbacks should go in the Hall of Fame. I mean, this guy was a cut above everyone in his generation. Maybe save Ed Reed. I, I think Ed Reed was better. Yeah. But I think I the two of them are, are definite Hall of Famers. Well, if, if Palomalu, for whatever, wants to make an argument that he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame, Good luck to any safety outside of one every 30 years making the Hall of Fame <laughs> yeah. at this point. What, what more do you need to do? I think it's a knee-jerk reaction by some of the voters that everyone's always just saying, oh, Hall of Famer this, Hall of Famer that. And they're, they're saying, well, it's not that easy. But if you just look at his number, if you look at what he did in terms of being at the top of the game, first of all, Ricky Jackson's a Hall of Famer. Tim Brown's a Hall of Famer. Those guys weren't one of the top three players at their position that often. And Troy Palomalu was one of the top three defenders in the league three or four different times. He got multiple votes for Defensive Player of the Year. So that's not just the best at his position. For three or four years of his career, he was one of the top defensive players, period. He could do things physically that very few other players at his position or any position could do. You, Mark, you obviously Browns fan. Do you have a memory of Palmalu with the Browns that you've maybe tried to block <laughs> well, it up and but now it can come back? If you're if you're anyone in that division, you're the Bengals and Browns, you dealt with Ed Reed and Palomalu four games a season. It wasn't any one thing. It was a consistent trauma. They brought it every single game. I mean, you were they, pumped when he retired. You, oh, you I said, was kidding. Because you said I was, good riddance. Get rid oh, of this guy. I hard. was kidding because I think the one thing about him too, paying him huge respect. Well, the yeah. one, yeah, the one exactly. You want him out of the division because that defense. You can say his play has fallen off, but there, it, you're not going to replace him in Pittsburgh for decades. You're I not going to find that you guy. Hope he ended up homeless, which I found to be. <laughs> you're, you that, just that moved right into that's total fabrication and lies at this point. <laughs> I. I picture when I picture him playing like a lion in the Serengeti, the main flying. He's actually jumping through the air all the time, pouncing on people. Mm. I don't know. That's like that power speed like leaping combination. I like any time you can get the Serengeti involved. Damashek wrote a really good article about Palomalu hey, retiring, Paul. where 
he talked about how unique a player he was. And I think that's what I'll remember about Palomalu, that there was no one quite like him. And sometimes people call it instincts or, you know, freestyling or whatever you want to do. Sometimes Palomalu was doing things on the field that his coaches really didn't want him to do, but it just worked out. And maybe he couldn't even explain it after the fact. He just had sort of that crazy instinct to know what to do. Like George Costanza driving a car. I'm doing things here you don't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And other secondary news with the Steelers. This is uh, going to look different in the in the secondary for the Steelers in 2015. Ike Taylor has decided to retire after 12 seasons, uh, now 34. And, uh, you know, Wes, I'll throw it to you on this to start. I feel like Ike Taylor in, in recent years has almost become one of the benchmarks of the, the, the cornerback you want your fantasy wide receiver to be watched up, uh, matched up against. He was a guy that was a liability for them. But to last 12 years in the NFL, there was a time when Ike Taylor was a big-time player, right? Well, I think for a few years there, he was one of three or four cornerbacks in the NFL who were shadow corners. And you would put Ike Taylor on your number one guy. And he wasn't Darrell Revis, but he, would, he frustrated A.J. Green regularly. And – I think a lot of his troubles the last couple of years were because he's obviously lost several steps and the Steelers still wanted to keep him with no safety help over the top. So I isn't naturally just getting old, but he was he was just below Pro Bowl for a long time. He's, he signalized for me a little bit just in recent years. I agree with everything else, but Pittsburgh has had a need at cornerback for a while and they tend to take their players and let them get very old for them <laughs> and just not change it. They should have... Two years ago, he was getting utterly flamed. It was time to move on. It's a good time to go. This retirement right on the heels of Palomalo really ends that 2005 Steelers team. Now, they won two Super Bowls within, what, four seasons, and then they made another Super Bowl just a couple seasons later. So that was the kind of the second wave. It's, it wasn't quite a dynasty, but it was a nice run they had. And I'm trying to think, is there any, there's no one left from that 2005 team other than Roethlisberger that I can think of. I think Kiesel's retiring, too. And if you – I mean, just look at Paul Amalek. Because Harrison was not on that team. Or if he was, he, he was wasn't briefly. Playing. He wasn't an impact he wasn't, guy. He I don't know if he was on that one, so, but around that time. So those guys you'll remember. Larry Foote. I mean, I'll remember that team. Larry Foote, James Ferrier, um, Ike Taylor, Paul Amalek. It's Okay, that, that little group, Casey Hampton. Aaron they're, Smith. They're gone. They're, Good it's riddance. Over. It's over. Well, I, and this is one of the things I meant to say when we were talking about Paul Amalek. Look, at, it's got to be so much of a credit to him and Ike Taylor as well. How many years – in that whole era, for a decade straight, they were number one overall in defense. More than five. Right. Research did a, a stat. Palomalu, since the day they drafted him, they are the number one defense in the league in terms of just yards allowed since that moment. There's also a stat they said today. They had three big retirements this offseason. Also, Jason Worlds, a little different type of retirement. There hasn't been a game since 2002 where Ike Taylor, Palomalu, or Worlds haven't been on the field, where one of those players hasn't been on the field. So it's a totally different group, and now LeBeau's gone. It's just forget him. All right, so we'll do a little more Steelers news. And, you know, listen, no other way to say it. Drop the ball on Friday. We forgot to talk about Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> you didn't even tell You don't even need to real. tell the listeners. Listen, listen it's all about truth and honesty here. <laughs> we had a show where we talked about Le'Veon, but now we will. Le'Veon Bell uh, facing a suspension uh, three games, according to NFL Media Insider. This is tied to his DUI arrest, and then they, they found some weed in his car with his friend LeGarrette. Um, so the Steelers, barring an, a successful appeal, will be without Le'Veon Bell for the first three weeks of the season. Uh, is there 
a positive way, Mark, to spin this for the Steelers, <laughs> or is this just bad news that puts them in a tough spot to start the season? Well, the, the positive would be that they at least went out and addressed the running back position by getting D'Angelo Williams. It's not a heat-seeking solution, but it's better than what was going on when Bell couldn't play in the playoff game against Baltimore, which I think they would have won that game if he did, obviously. Mm-hmm. Second part, three-game suspension. We get all hyped up about the first quarter of the season. That's what everyone gets all bent out of shape. Three games is not that long. It's a long season. They'll be fine. Just don't go 0-3, basically. Well, I, yeah, you might want, go down to I 2. Dis- I disagree. I think it's major. It's, look at two years ago, they started out 0-4 when Le'Veon Bell was injured to start the season. They weren't nearly it's not the same that off. team, though. It's not that team, but we saw in the playoffs they weren't the same without him. I mean, I think he's that important to them. And it's two years in a row the Steelers have started out slowly. I don't think they can afford to keep starting well, out slowly. As a Patriots fan, now I'm – wouldn't mind that Steelers game in Week One because now if you and as a Browns fan, everyone you know, wants them early. Right, you want it. You want to get them early because Le'Veon Bell right now to me is the number one running back in the league until we see what Adrian Peterson is bringing to the table again. I mean, he's right. He's going to be right there with Le'Veon Bell, but he's also would have been the number one fantasy pick. So it's kind of a big fantasy story here. Do you take him number one overall, even though you miss three games? There's Michael Fabiano walking in the door. He, it would be one thing if their defense was solid and you did, you weren't changing coordinators, you weren't overhauling your entire secondary. Hmm. I just feel like those are a lot of issues to have in September. Well, I think it's it's a headache. I'm not downgrading it as that, but three games out of what the NFL season is. I just I'm the Pittsburgh. I've seen them do this over and over. Big Ben, six game suspension right. reduced to four. They go to the Super Bowl that season. And this they, might, they're a good team. They find out how to get over their own problems. It wouldn't stun me if this gets reduced to two and. It's not like they're talent poor on offense, as you point out. They have a top five to six quarterback. You have a pretty good offensive line now. You have a good receiver group. I mean, they can still put up some points. Is there any doubt, by the way, you know, to my right here, Mr. Throne of Ease, that the Steelers will be the Patriots' week one opponent on Thursday night? No, they will. And then Cleveland will play in week four when Bell comes back and rushes <laughs> for 180 yards and three touchdowns. It's, uh, it's too it's too. I obvious. doubt it. It's, uh, my prediction is the Jets. It's going to be Revis, Patriots. Oh, yeah. Wes. I think that's what oh, the way. Yeah. We'll find out next week, I think, right? We got the Jets schedule. Jets are on national TV every game. We'll, do a, we'll do a special schedule release Can't podcast. wait to watch Geno Smith or Ryan Fitzpatrick in week one. <laughs> Listen. Give me a break. Greg that. will tell you that Geno Smith has a big year ahead of him. So. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. This came, uh, this came through late Monday night that Michael Crabtree has signed a one-year deal with the Oakland Raiders. Crabtree, of course, spent his first six seasons with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know, was met by a bit of a, a cold market, but he gets a deal with the Raiders. It's worth um, one year deal worth $3.2 million. He can earn another $1.8 in incentives. Uh, Wes, I'll start with you. So, Michael Crabtree, maybe he's looked a step slow since that Achilles injury. But is this an upgrade for a Raiders offense that doesn't have a lot of weapons? No. One of the most speed-challenged wide receiver cores in the NFL gets another speed-challenged mm-hmm. wide receiver. I don't like it at all. Shocking that I don't like a Raiders move. But <laughs> what does he give them that James Jones doesn't already give them or whatever other slow wide receiver they have? Nine, he hit 90 yards in six of eight games to close out 2012 season. He's done that two times in 24 games since he tore his Achilles tendon and he was one among the league leaders in drop passes last year. One of the worst starting wide receivers in the league in 2013. How, or 2014, I'm sorry. I will say, how much does that tie into Colin Kaepernick's downturn a last lot. season? And maybe I don't know if it's a lot. Vernon Davis had 285 yards. I'm not ready to end his career. I think Crabtree, 
Look, you're getting him for three million dollars. I think these are this is the type of move you want to make if you're a team going for free agency. A guy who's shown production, who's still young. He the biggest concern is off the field. He seems he's like, a joik. Yeah, no one seems to want to play with Michael Crabtree. That's a problem. What That's does he problem. give them that they don't already have? Some potential for more. James Jones, you know what he is. There's a chance that Michael Crabtree, at his age, just a couple years ago, he's dominating teams on a Super Bowl run. That he was the best. We were saying the same thing about Hakeem Nix last offseason. Well, you were saying that. Oh, well, no, I, I wasn't. You, you were saying that. I don't remember. Okay, I debated fellas. this topic with Greg on NFL Now this morning, and what I'm hearing, the feedback I'm getting from on Name Twitter – from listeners, You're from, not from management feedback. above. No one has watched that. Upper video. management also <laughs> saying that my I won the debate because I said this was a bum move for the Raiders. It's a team that couldn't get Randall Cobb, they couldn't get Jeremy Macklin. So in middle April, you go out and get Michael right. Crabtree. Have a nice I'm day. I'm just going to call this the Wes and Mark corner of the table. They sit across from me. Dan is next to me. That's the closed minded corner. Ooh. You know, you just say Raiders. They made a move and so you immediately, oh, I don't like who's, it because it's the who's Raiders. Who's been more right in the entire country about the Raiders the last couple of years? <laughs> well, nobody. Saying the Raiders are going to be awful is not, it's not like you're alone on an island. Exactly. How they're going to be awful and why they're going to be awful. I think that Crabtree, though, I will say this, Mark. You make the, the good point that they missed, they whiffed on their real targets. But to me, I don't know. It is, it, it, he's a nice guy to have in that room when you have the Andre Holmes and Rod Streeter. It's like you really I, get excited. I like Andre Holmes better than Crabtree right so now. So do I. I but like you Rod get, Streeter better than Crabtree right now. But I think that Crabtree, there is a chance. Evaluate, he's 27 years old. Evaluate the game, not the name. Right. Crabtree's tape is terrible the last couple of years. I'm just saying, if he was 33 or something, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. This what? is a bad move. There's a chance and he maybe, could bounce back. Maybe oh, he wakes up a little bit that he had no money. He probably was expecting a five-year, four-year He's motivated. He'll be motivated by this deal. Dollars. You know, one thing to buy that money. If you're going to say, oh, that, you know, he had issues and so did Vernon Davis because of Colin Kaepernick in Greg well, Roman's offense. offense. The whole well, hold on. You're, go, you're going to Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got Bill. What Musk. solution is there? We're not plugging him into the Indianapolis uh, Colts. Well, it words. depends what narrative you're following. Derek Carr might be the future, also. So. He might be Johnny Unitas. He might so be. We don't know. He might be coached by Bill Musgrave, though. That's a problem. The that's Musgrave. A problem. That's, that's a problem for the whole Oakland offense. That's kind of been uh, under the radar this year. That now they have Jack Del Rio as their head coach and Bill Musgrave as their offensive coordinator. That if if I was Derek Carr, I'd be pretty disappointed with that turn of. Close-minded corner has one nice thing to say about the Raiders. Ooh, I really like their attempt to sign Sean Richardson. I thought that was a guy you should be targeting. Okay, and then it it got foiled, but it, I thought that came from a good. Well, place. it's it's McKenzie saying I will get more Packers players, whatever <laughs> I have. They to actually do. they were just trying to sign Trent Richardson again. So <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Uh, moving on, the Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins, they love Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, Ryan Tannehill, he's a franchise star. Uh, we, we know, Wes, that uh, Mike Tannenbaum came out and said at the NFL annual meeting that uh, they, they've identified uh, Tannehill as the future of the franchise. They want a huge deal. Uh, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport uh, said Monday on NFL Total Access, which Mark is the flagship program. Of NFL, is that right? Yes, and also while we're doing uh, drops, or I'm doing drops, we should also mention that Ike Taylor is on the Dave Damashek football program this week. Two shows, isn't he the co-host now? Uh, this week he is. So if you want to get, if you're a Steelers fan and you got a Jones in for for some nostalgia, you, you go tune into that. But listen to us first. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Ian reports they want to get this deal done before the start of the new season. This is a little different between how the Colts are. 
dealing with Andrew Luck. Both players drafted the same year in the first round. Um, Jim Irsay said, we're going to wait till after the 2015 season to deal with Andrew Luck. The Dolphins want to deal with Ryan Tannehill right now. And, Greg, what is the rush to get a deal done? Is it because they're, they're already aware they're boxing themselves in financially because of that Sue deal? No. I think it's smart to get a deal done before Russell Wilson happens, before Andrew Luck, and before that 2016 option comes up. Because basically, if they want to keep him with that option next year, it'll be $15, $16 million. I don't think they want to pay him that much in guaranteed money per year. Maybe it'll be around that. So why not sign him now? The only risk is they might have a different offensive coordinator in a year. Weren't they not even sure if he was their quarterback week four this most recent season? And now they're in a rush to make him a $100 million player? I don't know. It just seems like a little. Well, is it, why are we well, rushing to the altar? Well, we don't know he's going to get Andy Dalton's a kind of $100 million year I don't know right. he's going to make $100 million. Well, Do we? Well, there have been reports out there that he could fetch something in that. But belt. here's the issue because it, you look at this offseason for the nine or ten teams that don't have that quarterback, you're out there picking up scraps. Right. So you're, Tannehill, no one's saying Tannehill's a top five quarterback. We don't know his ceiling like we do Andy Dalton. That would be the difference. I feel like Andy Dalton, that they went and paid him, gotten better that every gets year. at me. Well, Tana. we don't. Yeah, so we don't know what's going to be ahead. But if you're them, you don't just start over unless you have a high draft pick. And well, I'm not saying start over, but you have some time to play with here. You have through next season, right? And they want to get a deal done before this upcoming season even happens. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, he has improved each year, but and Wes, you've said you're not really all in necessarily on the type of offense Miami runs. Are we that sold that this no, guy's the future? I don't think Tannehill has convinced anyone he's a franchise quarterback except Mike Tannenbaum. Well, it's crazy, though. He ne- he, Mike Tannenbaum's never gotten a quarterback decision wrong, by the way. The system, Besides Mark Sanchez and Tim <laughs> Tebow. Go ahead, Greg. The system is friendly to quarterbacks, and I agree. It was tough to kind of unpack how much of it was Tannehill, how much of it was a system. But that is the system that's there. You look at his numbers. We were looking at when we did the NFL Now hit on it. 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. A few years ago, those that's like Drew Brees' numbers. That's a top six, seven quarterback in the league. The numbers are different now in the NFL, but that is the system that they have. The, the risk, like I said, is is that Lazer's not going to be there in a year or two if Phil right. blows this. What's the difference between Tannehill and Nick Foles? I Foles like, had a I like, much better 2013 than Tannehill did last year, but he was also a product of a system. I think he's well. He's more physically gifted, I would he say. He is, but Foles performed better. In but, season. Well, but to your argument, we just saw a team trade away what they thought was a franchise quarterback for Nick Foles. So you're in that swamp of eight to ten guys that we aren't sold on. I, but if you're an NFL general manager and a head coach, do you take Tannehill or do you go get Josh McCown? Right. I'd rather have Tannehill. Like, t- Indomitian 2 making $20 million a year. I really think I'd rather have Tannehill just in a total vacuum where my options is Sue and whatever quarterback you can get or Tannehill. I'll just take Tannehill. And, I and will, he, and he's I will making, he's gonna make go to money. the other side on that. Yeah. Give me Sue, and I'll give a decent quarterback. I well, who would you get, though? That's the I thing. Don't, Ryan I don't, Fitzpatrick? I don't know, but we complain that the Bengals are stuck in purgatory because of Andy Dalton. The Dolphins are also stuck in purgatory because of Ryan Taylor. Well, there's a fair well, argument. We'll see. I that. think he's going up. I, I don't want to be 10-6 and six every year. I want to win a Super Bowl. Dolphins would love to go 10-6. and six. Right, that's what I'm saying. Look, yeah. the Bengals are, are happy being 10-6, and six and we pick on them for it. Other Dolphins news. The center for the Dolphins, Mike Pouncey, has a, uh, a new deal. Five years worth uh, more than $50 million, over $20 million in guarantees, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, this is the same Mike Pouncey who, you know, has come under fire for some stuff off the field. He owns a free Hernandez hat 
for instance, also was tied into that bullying <laughs> scandal, uh, a loyal boy to Richie Incognito. However, he thanked the Dolphins for being loyal to him. He's obviously a high-end player in the uh, middle of that line. So they lock him up, they keep the center, and hopefully they'll keep the quarterback, and then they have a nice little dynamic there. Well, I couldn't help but think, and I know we're not allowed to talk about this really at the NFL Media News Group, but I couldn't help but think of the contrast when I was watching Mike Pouncey crying you know, at his um, press conference, very emotional about the faith in the contract that he got, that across you know, the country that same day, jurors are deliberating over Aaron Hernandez's murder trial, and these guys were best friends. And I have no real point to that, but it was just like what, what a contrast no, I, between I those two I get your point, and I think it's well made. I'm with Mark. I also agree. I don't even know what my point is. <laughs> well, you don't really because, have you a, know, look, let's not, little, let's not get, mask Pouncey yeah. as some sort of you know solid citizen. Oh. There's all sorts See, of questions. That was not my marks. point. Well, it, was, <laughs> it was more just like these two teammates, the two different roads that they're they were. It was in like the a of. Robert Frost poem. Well, I went. I I'm, <laughs> I don't know if Mike Pouncey is. I, whatever. Have, have a nice time with Mike Pouncey. Yeah, <laughs> player. Not, not exactly. I feel the same way about. Put it this way, like uh, if he was on the free agent list, he wouldn't be on the L.A. Graybeards. Not a good locker room guy. <laughs> Keeping Mike Pouncey off my team. But, you know, the Dolphins are the Dolphins. They're going to do what they want to do. All right, here's something interesting, finally, that came out of San Diego, the UT Tribune. Kevin Acey, who is their longtime beat writer, now a columnist, and is very tight with Philip Rivers, so tight that they've done, uh, you know, benefits together, raising money, fundraisers, and uh, obviously a good, healthy relationship there. And AC is a respected voice in that sports scene, says that the time is now to trade Philip Rivers if Marcus Mariota is the man. And AC goes um, you know, pretty deep into explaining why he thinks that possible, tying into the possible relocation of the Chargers. And Philip Rivers, at age 33, maybe his wish to move uh, back east for the end of his career. And if all that stuff is lined up and, and they love Mariota, maybe now is the time to pull the trigger, Mark. Uh, first of all, do you read into this at all? Kevin Acey, a f- true boy of Philip Rivers, saying trade Phil Rivers. Well, it's if he he clear, clearly knows that Philip Rivers does not want to go to Los Angeles, and I think that maybe the flip side is if you want to get any sort of benefit from Rivers at the tail end of his career, and you want to make a move, and you can do it with the Titans, for instance. Greg was hot on this this morning. That's your target, I guess, Tennessee, and you go up and you start over the same way they did with Breeze. Into Rivers. Why, well, I don't why think it's a, a good f- idea, but I just think if they love Mariota, then that's the only way. That and they're meeting could, with him today. That you could possibly make the argument for this. If you just love Marcus Mariota, okay, now I guess you think about it. But that it seems crazy to me. I wouldn't do it. Do you remember a, a draft? I'm sure there is every year, but this one sticks out to me where – all the experts have no clue what's going on with Marcus Mariota, where you've seen him going anywhere from one to the second round, and only he doesn't have character concerns. This is purely based upon uh, what they think his ceiling is as a player. It seems like Mariota is either the hottest property in the draft or some something that teams are afraid to get in, in business with. That'd be a little scary to me. It's a little bit like the 2007 class. Guys like Locker and, and uh, Blaine Gabbert were talked about. That's what I said. Seven, you said. Oh, I meant 11. Listen, Tybee <laughs> Island does that to him. <laughs> well, Locker and Gabbert were talked about at one point going number one or two overall in that mm. draft, and they ended up going eight and ten. Right. I Ponder think. was supposed to be in the second round. He ended up number 12. I mean, it does happen. Geno Smith at one point was thought of as a possible top, get me started top, on that five, I remember that. top five pick. With Mariota, though, I just don't under – I mean, that is a move that 
you're just putting it out all out on the table because that's the type of move that gets everyone fired. And you're saying, okay, this is the time to get some value out of Philip Rivers. But you know what's a great value? Having Philip Rivers on your team for the next three or four years while he's still a top 10 quarterback because I think he can and will be. Well, unless he refuses to play there. That, but, that's the other part of it. I don't think that – because the Chargers, if anything – who knows what, whether we can believe it, have said very strongly there is no way we're moving Philip Rivers. Right. I guess my, my thought is you have him under contract this year. You have the franchise tag next year. If, if he doesn't want to play in L.A., call his bluff. I mean, I guess I would I – would, it's hard for me to imagine Philip Rivers being like, no, nope, I'm just going to be done with football. I'm not going to take the $20 million. I'm just not going to play the sport I love because I don't seven like – kids to feed. Because I don't playing. like driving up the five, and I like the south. I mean, it seems a little wacky. People from the South are a little wacky. I was just there. <laughs> it is. Anybody taking it a little personally as Los Angeles residents that all this yeah. is percolating? Because uh, well, I think it's you, if, if you have kids to get into school, you could start to see where it all They're starts to make sense. Though. Well, they could homeschool. Philip Rivers also does not have any worries about school systems. No, in, in, if he whatever issues he has with LA, he's not going to be you know having to buy a small apartment complex in South Central. He's going to live in, in the most <laughs> glorious part of the city. So I don't think he does have <laughs> huge issues. That would be I, a good sitcom, actually. <laughs> Rivers and all the kids move into you know something on the other side of the tracks. Hijinks too many cooks and tracks. Pitch. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've come to like Los Angeles, but I could definitely see why it's not for everyone. It's definitely not a city for everyone. By the way, this would require the Tennessee Titans to do something edgy and you know unpredictable for the first time in a decade. So That's let's not, not jump the gun here. Yeah, here's uh, the thing: if Tennessee has a chance to do it, do it. Do everything you can. This is your which chance. which is why they won't do it. This is your chance, You're Titans. Right. That this is a miracle if this ever happens. Put it this way: Nah, they got Mettenberger. They're all right. I, I don't even. Know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even familiar with the, who you're talking about. The Tutans, or if they, if this <laughs> franchise, the Tanosu Tintons, pulled off this trade, we would talk about that team. How about this maneuver? Cleveland gets into number two by giving both their n- number one picks to Tennessee. Then they trade for Rivers, who can't be more excited about getting his seven kids into the Cleveland school system. Pipe dream. I know. I heard you guys shred me on now for that. <laughs> what is clown, <laughs> you clown car? Yeah. Sessler came in. Two-man clown car. Sessler came in breathing fire this morning because of this Rivers article. Somehow well, it's like, oh, now it's just... legitimate. Now trading Philip Rivers. Now we can discuss it. Whatever, you clown car. If Philip Rivers is not going to Cleveland if he doesn't want to go to L.A. Well, which team, I'll ask you this, which team has been actively trying to trade for a quarterback and has been doggedly willing to take risks, the Titans or the Browns? Browns. Well, the Browns. But, but the Titans the, have we, all the, the juice the, the here because they have are, Mariota. The Titans are frozen in snow. Right. but They're that, underneath that, the that ice. Doesn't but the Browns. the Chargers are going to ship Phil Rivers to damn Ohio. Well, if Cleveland got the number two pick. Sure. Things start to change. You, I'm not saying with where they are now. They're only trading him if they get Mariota in this scenario. Or well, Jameis Winston. How did Rivers come into the league? Maybe he goes right out of San Diego the same way with massive draft day trade scenarios. Mm-hmm. Hey, all right. It's all right to dream. You clowns. <laughs> I don't know why you take it personal. Huh? Because I, I, I'm not taking it personal, but it was like the one time <laughs> when I'm gone for three or four days, I hear like, you're getting buried on NFL now by a couple of schmoes. <laughs> <laughs> I think wow. All I said was that's a pipe dream. I don't think we buried you. I didn't even watch it, so I don't oh. know. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> this is all falling apart. Uh, all right. That's what's happening. Okay. Let's move on now to, um, listen, one of our favorite games. It has a very simple title. What is it? 
from Culver City, California. It's America's favorite game show. What's more likely? That's right. Another edition of What's More Likely, where we throw out some different uh, possibilities and we ask the audience, what is more likely? Uh, so we will we'll go through it. I came up with a few of them. I know you guys came up with a couple as well. Uh, so let's get right to it. But Greg Rosenthal has another high-octane meeting to get to, so let's get to it. <laughs> let's go what's with the first one. What's more likely? All right, we just talked about it. Uh, what's more likely, the Chargers trade Phillip Rivers and draft Marcus Mariota, or the Vikings trade Adrian Peterson and draft Melvin Gordon? I'll go first and say that the Chargers are more likely Partly just because of probability here, the Melvin Gordon thing makes it uh, a little tougher to just know that they're going to go for that running right, back. I'll throw in, in Todd in, Gurley, too. Either okay, of those okay, running backs. Okay, either, either one. I'm still going to go with the Chargers. May, I don't think it's more likely than not to happen, but just there's been so much smoke about this. And on some level, it does make a, a little bit of sense for everyone involved if they truly love Mariota. I agree. I I think it's likely that the Vikings trade Adrian Peterson, but the Melvin Gordon part or Todd Gurley part throws me off. I think they like Jerick McKinnon. So I don't know. Really? The, I do think they like him. I don't know. Matt Asiata was their main guy down the stretch. He was playing pretty because well, McKin- too. Only because McKinnon was injured. Right, but, I mean, he looked he got injured quickly. He doesn't look like a guy that could carry the load. Peterson called McKinnon one of the best athletes he's ever practiced with. Touche. Um I will. I will also go Chargers because there just seems to be more heat. It's the age of the player. I think Rivers still has something left. But also you, these other teams that might want Peterson, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, they can go out and draft a running back too. Well, how about just Rivers or Peterson? Who's more likely to get traded? Rivers, Peterson. Hmm. Peterson. He's just. He's the one that's openly unhappy right now. Maybe Rivers is too, but. By the way, this is shaping up for some fireworks here in this draft. You don't need to be a draft pick to get excited about a possible Phillip Rivers and Adrian Peterson trade. That's good because no quarterback's going to the draft. (laughs) (laughs) What's more likely? All right, Marks Browns draft a quarterback in the first round for the third time in four years, or Johnny Manziel starts at least five games this season. Mark, we'll start with you. Well, I think it's hard to get up. I mean, because let's re- let's remove drafting someone in the sixth round or something like that. Okay, first round. Yeah. Okay, so it's I, I'll go Manziel starting five games just because part of it is you got to get up there and get Mariota. That's not easy. I'm gonna go whatever the answer. It doesn't matter what you put up against Manziel starting five games. I'm not taking Manziel starting five games because I can't imagine that happening. Is but I really that, can't. Isn't it possible? It's one of those stories yes, where it is, it, but I'm buying it. You're buying. It. Well, you're all right. I'm picking Manziel starting five games. That's, I'm kind of with that, too. I think that people are kind of – first of all, Josh McCown stinks. Secondly, secondly, well, we know that. But secondly, like this idea that the Browns are going to draft a quarterback again early in the draft, I don't buy it. I think they're going to go a different route this time. And Manziel, once he's in camp and he's, if he shows some growth and, and makes some plays and McCown's not playing well, I think they're going to take another look but at I, him. But I think there's, there's a good chance he's not good at professional football. Okay, well, right, that's, well, that's different. possible, but five more games to find that out isn't crazy, and there hasn't been a 16-game starter in Cleveland in 13 years. How many first-round quarterbacks never got a chance to start at least eight games in their career? I'm not saying he won't start ever again for any team, but, yeah, a big chunk of this season, I, I guess I'm not expecting it. I, <laughs> That's obvious. I would say it would be a, a, a bad kind of brownsy mistake if they cut cord on him without at least 
giving a chance to do something on the field. I know they're they're pissed about how this played out, and they should be, but I don't know. It feels like it would be a mistake not to at least give them a shot. It's it's the combination of of the off field and the on field. With the on field, the being, beautiful combination, I think <laughs> right? Being just as big, if not it bigger, for me that he really struggled in practice and in the game. What's more likely? Now let me just do a little setup for this one because Zach Mettenberger, there was a, a columnist in in Tennessee that wrote that he knows what's going on inside the Titans, and they are all in on Zach Mettenberger. They believe that he is a poor man's Tom Brady. That was the exact words in the article. And, uh, you know, for that reason, don't expect them to be making any bold move for a quarterback in Chicago later this month. So uh, with that in mind, what's more likely? Zach Mettenberger is voted to a Pro Bowl and not an alternate, none of that garbage. He's voted to a Pro Bowl in the next 10 years. Or Ken Wisenhunt and Rustin Webster are unemployed by the end of January. Oh, come on. Uh, I'm giving Zach 10 years to get to the Pro Bowl. Way more likely that Rustin Webster and Ken Wisenhunt are unemployed. I agree with that. Especially if this is the decision they're going for. That's kind of what I was going for here. Yeah, I I agree with that. Ownership change potentially, that that team's in a lot of flux. I'd like to know who the football genius is who's telling David Clymer that Bettenberger's a, a poor man's Tom Brady only because they were both drafted in the surrounders. <laughs> he was. I I actually am of the mind that Mettenberger was not bad as a rookie. I know Wes. Wait, you have, you've been all over the map on this. He one. wasn't. He wasn't that bad. Yeah, he was. wasn't worse than Derek Carr or or yes, Blake he Bortles. He, Way he ended worse. up. I'm not a big quarterback rating fan, but for for what it's worth, the quarterback rating is about the same as Tom Brady. Right, had but it, you're like, not a quarterback rating. In his fan. first. We've already gone over this. Everything he did was in garbage time or fluke plays. But my point, though, is even if you're grading him on the nicest way possible, it's hard for me to come up with that he's the guy that you're going to pass on Rivers or the number two pick for. Right. Like, even if you're thinking, wow, th- like, what's the best case scenario? That he's the 14th best quarterback in the league. That's in a good scenario. Doesn't that feel like way more the likely scenario with this franchise, though, yes. that they stick with Mettenberger yes. rather than roll the dice with yes. Philip Rivers? Take a defensive tackle at number two. Yes. What's more likely? All right. Think about come draft time. The Bears find a taker for Jay Cutler that nets them – a third-round pick or higher. Or the Niners' first-round draft pick hugs Roger Goodell at the podium and then immediately announces his retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Niners' scenario. That seems more likely to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine anybody trading a third-round pick or higher for Jay Cutler. That I was curious. Like I was trying to think of what would be a believable <laughs> draft pick. I guess third is... is it's that um, contract. Yeah. Poor Niners. Yeah, I'll have to go with the Niners retirement. Jim Tomsula would just go on like a 3,000-mile walk if that happened. <laughs> like, this is some serious <laughs> For the second time in his life. <laughs> <laughs> what are you getting at? I don't know. It seems like he's Not a guy a, that goes for walks? Seems like he's had a gumpy in past. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anybody else want to jump in with one? All right, I got one. What's more likely? Marcus Mariota goes number one overall, or... Jameis Winston goes to the Jets. My first instinct is to say that all this Mariota number one nonsense is just because the draft has to get here already, and I'm chalking it up to that, just overanalyzation at this point. So I think Winston goes one to the Bucks. so obviously that's uh, I'm going with that. 
I'm with you. We heard the same nonsense. That's, that's those, are the, those are the two options. Well, what's the other option then? Winston to the Jets or Mariota number one. You got to pick one of oh, those yeah. two options, even if neither one of them is particularly likely. Which I think we'd all agree that. Is there it's, a third? If, what, no, it's more less than fifty-fifty. But w- one of these maybe. All right, is swing a 2%. it over to Mark, and then I'll. Um, I'll I will I'll go answer. with the with the Jets. Trading up, <laughs> they've been aggressive. They've been extremely aggressive, and I don't think they think they have a quarterback if they know anything about football. So they're going to trade up. They're going to do what they can to get Jameis Winston and reboot that franchise. Not that far to go. It's, it's far not. to go to number one, but it's you know, not. Part of it is that Winston maybe maybe Winston doesn't go one, and maybe you can trade up to two or three or who knows. It was funny being on Tybee. I'm so far removed from college football and the draft nick process that I have no idea. But it was funny hearing people who watch college football and are big fans saying that Jameis Winston is a no-brainer, like will be a stud quarterback. And I, I hearing analysts, like I don't hear that all the time, but there was, that was the conventional wisdom back in the South. I don't, I don't know. I guess maybe the Jets would trade up for him if he's that good. Yeah, and I, I guess I don't see Mariota going number one. So, yeah, mm. I guess the, the Jets trading up into that mm. spot to go get him. But I don't see that playing out either. Who's got, who else got one? Well, I I heard the name. I did a would you rather. Oh, well, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> no, That's cheating, Mark. I, listen, it was, a, it was a miscommunication. By the way, kind of cheating like in our game on Friday when you did our two truths and a lie and put truths within your lie, which I thought was a little shady business. I was thinking about it when I was listening. All right. Well, I did that too. We can, we can take that up. Penelope Cruz had some the, element of truth. The appeal, it. the appeal board is going to take a look at this. We might have. I think to I played the game well. That's from another that, angle. If the whole game was just two truths and a lie, I would have won two for two. It was everything else that was. Keep a looking back. It got wiped out. <laughs> All right. So what is the? Right. What's this called then? Would you rather? Would you rather? All right. A. Would you rather leave your current life behind? To join a flying saucer cult stationed on the forest outskirts of Munich, Germany. This we is becoming a weekly occurrence yeah. hour. Also, it's, it's April. It's basically <laughs> like an excavation of Mark's subconscious. And By the way, really, can really I, would you rather I finish this or should we just end the podcast? All right. A, would you rather leave your current life behind to join a flying saucer cult stationed on the outskirts of Munich, Germany? In this scenario, you would never be allowed to watch football again. Still, your family can come with you, and all your financial needs will be gone forever. To help the Flying Saucer cult, though, you must spend at least seven hours a day, every day, watching the skies for alien craft and recording your observations in a spiral-bound community journal. Or, would you rather leave your NFL job and move to Papillion, Nebraska, where you will work at Rite Aid for the rest of your life? You can bring your family, but you live in a spare apartment house at the edge of the city. Also part of the deal, you can never eat a dairy product for the rest of your life, and your apartment is filled with cats. Oh, this isn't even close. I'm going, to, I'm going to Munich. I'm going there. That didn't sound like a bad deal. No financial worries the rest of my life. You have to join a cult. Well, yeah. what, it's you a flying saucer cult. You didn't say what went into the cult, but ultimately I'm thinking seven hours a day. That's not a long work day. And, and my family is with me, and there's no financial worries. I get to eat whatever I want. I'm going... West. I'm not giving up power over my mind. I refuse to join a cult. I wouldn't give That's up fair. the power. You go into a that house filled with right I had faith job. I could stay strong. Um, I'm allergic <laughs> to cats. <laughs> oh, you're backed into this one. That's though. a good point. My wife's allergic to cats, too. Um, so I guess I'll go with the other one, with the cult. Ooh, what if we could join the cult and then I could overthrow the leader? 
Right. There's but all then wouldn't we then be – you would be our leader then? <laughs> Which is fine, but, like, yeah. I really don't want to have anybody as, like, a quote-unquote leader that I need to How are you going to have a cult without a leader? i got to break out of this cult, basically. Wes, do you have one before we go? No, I can't match that. No, we got to go out on that. <laughs> okay. All right. Do we want anybody else have one? All right. That's it. That's it for uh, Tuesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back on Thursday with um, another gold, great show. Gold Standard Thursdays. Gold Well, Gold Standard be on for another show on Thursday? I think it's happening. Wow. That would that'll be, I believe, four shows in a row. TD, TD actually getting nervous at this point, by the way. <laughs> he Unless. said he said it downstairs in the newsroom on Monday that he, he's starting to feel pressure as Gold Standard really starts to dig his talons into the show. But, of course, he's leaving us Gold Standard, so right. really it's artificial. TD's so worried he concocted an entire – traffic situation across western <laughs> Los Angeles to slow Gold Standard down Devious. make him look bad. Devious. <laughs> I imagine TD Moore just coasting. <laughs> that reminds me of somebody tweeted like, why do you hate TD? It's like probably those type all. of comments. No, so. it's, he it's, probably, th- that's what people think though. No. Well, it's I all in TD. good fun. It's all in good <laughs> we fun. all love TD, and including Chris Wessling on Thursday. I, that was touching. Now the, now the country knows that I love TD. You do. We'll be back on Thursday uh, with another great show, the four of us. Uh, Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and the gold standard behind the glass. Until then. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd need ya? Who'd have thought they'd need ya? Back here where we need ya. Back here where we need ya. Yeah, we tease him a lot cause we got him on the spot. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. All inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never ending fun. So booking an all inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.